I created these stories. I was looking for situations as the days were going on when I was triggered. I was looking for things to confirm my story because I wanted it to be true and I was holding it to be true. And then once I spoke to them, it was like every story shattered instantly. The, the weight flew off my chest and I was like, oh, I get it. So the cats are with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was away all weekend. And so they are within two feet of me, but I won't be surprised if they jump up on the desk in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> but if they were locked out, they'd be meowing. Yeah, so. or scratching at the door. So we've got four pussies with us tonight, guys, instead of two. <laughs> anyway, welcome everybody to another episode of Girls Gone Deep. We're going deep in more ways than one. Uh, today, well, in general, we always talk about sex, non-monogamy, uh, personal growth, some naughty stories come into play and and all the things that we kind of mentally process as we do our ex- new experiences together. So I'm Elle. And I'm V. And this is a big mental processing one for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what's interesting is I've been through what you're going through. What we're talking about today is, is you know, having a third with you on a weekend getaway and, and what that kind of stirs up in us and uh, entails. Yeah, because if you did not tune into last week's episode, Joyzy Shore, yeah. <laughs> we had a weekend with all of our friends, which we call the Joy family. And Jay and I took our third along with us, Holly. And it was a very interesting experience. And I say interesting because. I learned a lot about myself. I, you know, dealt with some challenges. There were some positives. I love Holly. And so it was lovely to have her there and merge worlds. But there are challenges with bringing a third along with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do want to start this conversation by saying I'm. I'm kind of in the thick of it. I'm I'm out the other side because it was a couple weeks ago now, but still processing some things. So <laughs> in the spirit of fears, desires, boundaries, I just want to share that one of my desires in this conversation is to speak as respectfully and lovingly as possible. And I I don't want to hurt anyone. So I my fear is saying something that might come out the wrong way and, mm-hmm. you know, just sound like Holly did something wrong or something, which she absolutely did not. Right. Exactly. I would resonate with that as well as, as a desire, because it's hard when you're going through these feelings, you know, as you process them yourself and you share it with the other person, they almost instantly feel bad and guilty and upset with you in that moment. They're like, oh my God, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh. so it becomes this like sensitive issue for everybody. And that was my experience because I've gotten the chance to talk to Holly and I love her and we're wonderful. And, you know, we kind of just came to the conclusion that this is kind of growing pains and just like growing pains, once you get out the other side, you're, you're stronger, yeah, you know, it's even better. 
Well, do you want to go into context and dive into what it was that you kind of were experiencing and what you were feeling? Yeah. So um, a challenge that I had was trying to balance the needs of a partner with my own needs, which are in these circumstances, seeing all the friends because it was a group of 16 of us, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Catching up with everybody and, you know, having moments with everybody that I don't see often and who I love deeply. And she knows that because the whole reason why we brought her is because we speak so highly of you guys. And we wanted to bring her into that world. So my major challenge in a nutshell was balancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shouldn't come as a surprise to me that bringing a second partner uh, for myself was difficult because, you know, I've spoken about this in the past. Like, even at Freaksgiving, it's hard for me to balance girl time with. Jay, my partner's needs, you know, he'll be like, I haven't seen you in like five hours. Where were you? And I'll be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I was with Elle. And then, you know, I, I was doing hair with mommy. And then, oh, Jeb and I went and scrolled away, you know. And, and, and it's like you forget, like, because obviously he wants me to have my fun and, and connect with my girls. It's not that he doesn't want me to do that. It's that, you know, he loves me too. And he wants that connection too, as do I. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you're in the thick of it, you kind of like forget. Right. So so it should not be a surprise to me that it was hard for me to balance this. Well, you also had an additional pressure because I've been in this position where you bring somebody new to an event where you're the liaison between this person and the entire group. And so there's this Mm. like, wow, I hope that the person that I'm bringing or the couple that I'm bringing has such a great time. And I hope that the group really likes them. And so there's all these other, I don't want to say like responsibilities, but like you just want to make sure it flows and everyone's happy and having a good time and comfortable. So there was also that added issue which I think is why I feel it was maybe may have been even harder to navigate the balance of these two partners. Yeah, because that is interesting. I mean, anytime you introduce a friend to a friend group, you're going to be, you know, worried about them. And and I think that was a major discovery that I made about myself is that. I think I really am codependent and you know she's a grown ass woman and she can take care of herself and mm. she's the first one to tell you that she's a grown ass woman and she'll take care of herself and she was taking care of herself it was just my perception and the story that I told myself that she needed me and I like resented her for that. And to be extremely clear, this has nothing to do with her. It has everything to do with me. And it would have happened with any third person that I brought. Yeah. It's interesting you brought your codependency because it sounds, to not to like say it's like a projection. You're projecting your own codependency on the situation, thinking that she needed you. And if you could go into like because when you first 
mentioned this to me. I didn't fully understand. Like, what do you mean she needed you? Like, mm. how did that present to you? Like, what what stories were you telling yourself that she needed you? So what's interesting is we were there multiple days. The first day we got there early on. So there were only a couple of people there. And so I was really happy to have her there and, you know, have a small group at the beach. There were just four of us girls and it was just so great. But then I think a sense of overwhelm came as more people showed up. So that's when the feeling of her needing me came about because I think, you know, even if she would come over to me as I was talking to you or something like that, which I, okay, another fear. I feel like I'm going to sound like a fucking bitch saying this stuff, but you know what? I'm going to put it out there because chances are other people have felt this too. And so Mm -hmm. please don't judge me too harshly. I'm working through stuff. But so my perception was any kind of physical contact or physical desire to reconnect felt needy or smothering or like I couldn't just do my own thing. I think this has a lot to do with past relationships. And in my marriage, I felt very needed. And so I I think it's a knee-jerk reaction. Mm, And so in that way, I felt needed and smothered with physical attention. Now, she and I have spoken about this after the fact. And she was like, you know, that was me just trying to connect with you, number one, because I love you. But also, number two, she was getting after it. And I'm so proud of her for getting after it. And and that gave me so much happiness whenever she was off doing her own thing. So then, like a normal person and a normal loving person, she would come back afterwards and want to reconnect. Mm-hmm. And I perceived that as her needing me, whereas it actually was just her wanting to, you know, be like, hey, I am here with you. I just went and had fun with those people. I hope, you know, you don't think I'm not also having fun with you too. Mm, Right. And I love her for that. A weird psychological thing goes on there too. Now that I know that, I'm like, wow, I feel really guilty. Like I'm a fucking bitch. (laughs) Right. Well, I guess my question for you is, When you are at these events and you want to reconnect with your partner or Jay, how do you do that? It is it so do you do you do that differently? Maybe that's why you perceived it differently. No. And that's really interesting. Maybe I'm projecting all of my own insecurities onto her. Yeah, like that's kind of like it just yeah, because you show love, wow. you touch everything. Like this is a this is a story that we're telling, and then the events that happened around us were making it fit to the story that we want to believe that feels so true for us in that moment. It's the perception of the situation, not the reality. Does Does Jay find me needy when I come to him and, you know, want to reconnect with him and touch him. I don't know. Maybe that's a fear that I have. Yeah. 
I think that that's a question that definitely should be asked. Like I know for me, when I want to connect with M and we're in these group situations and we're away from each other for a long time and I have a tendency to squirrel away like you do, where I'm not with my partner and we finally cross paths and it's like, whoa, wow, I haven't seen you. Where have you been? That now what I've done is I make it a point as we're crossing paths, I'll say, hey, and if it's just us in the room or wherever, even if it's like we're in the bathroom together, I'm like, hey, can I just have like a hug? I just want to reconnect with you. And I actually say the word, I haven't seen you. I want to reconnect with you. Can I just hug you and kiss you? How's your weekend going? What's going on? And we'll spend a few minutes. But um, I think that we've been a little bit more intentional about using that word so that we know that that's what we're trying to do together, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. And I think that Jay and I have been through that, like at Hito, coming off of a week of not seeing each other, work was really intense. It's like, then I get there and see everybody and I'm like, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. And I haven't connected with my partner, you know, and he, he said those words to me and I was like, oh, fuck, you're right. I'm being, <laughs> I wasn't being a, a good or like attentive partner. And so I think well, I don't, that I don't, is a good code word. I don't think that there's anything wrong with it. Like we don't have to associate this with, with inappropriate behavior that we're being a bad partner. It's just that we are vibing in the energy that we're flowing in. And it's just as long as you're both aware that you're, you are separated, but you're making time for each other. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, mm. I think it's just acknowledging that that's where the energy is going, but I can resonate with what you're saying with squirreling away and not being attentive because to bring this to the triggers that I had, I'm the same way, like I said, in these party situations. And so when I was talking to M about my trigger with Slotlana where I feel like I'm the third and they spend a lot of time together mm-hmm. and they're, they look more like a couple than, than I do with my partner. M says to me, you always go off and you have your sexual experiences and you're having your private time that you are doing your own thing that naturally her and I have the same personality. We tend to, we're like introvert extroverts. They like would rather just stay quiet and be in the background, just the stem. So they gravitate towards each other. They have a very similar personality in that way. So naturally, if you're gone playing with others, we're going to gravitate towards each other. That's just how it, how it is. So when you come back, you see us together, you know, and you're not coming to find me either, but you're finding all these other people. So that contributed to, I guess, my disconnection from them, which led to me being triggered and feeling separated from them because then now I have to come back in to the two of them and reconnect as a as a threesome to try and reintegrate together again. So that's one thing that we noticed that was different from, because I was triggered in Nicaragua uh, versus my trigger, why I was not triggered in Mexico. Because the first time that we did a threesome vacation, it was in Mexico. It was just the three of us. It was not a lifestyle vacation. And so there was nobody else to be distracted by. It was just the three of us. So we did everything together. There was never any separate play. So it felt so seamless, the three of us, and it was great. And then in Jamaica and in Nicaragua, there were other people. We were, I was away. We were separated as a threesome. And then we all had to reintegrate back together as a threesome. But of the three of us, I am the one that separates more and will go play by myself and be gone for hours where the two of them would rather just stay together, sit, you know, be small, be in the background a little bit kind of a little bit more introverted in in these group group type situations. Yeah. So then you can perceive that as 
yeah, they look more like the couple than you do. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's interesting. So Jay and Holly on the first night, they went and played by themselves. And we had talked on the way down to the shore about our fears, desires, and boundaries. And I was like, I actually think it sounds really hot to think of you guys playing together without me. My boundary would be, I wouldn't want you guys to have a foursome without asking me to join first because that feels like a foursome with another couple Mm -hmm. because that feels like you guys are the couple and I'm not. And I don't like to say this in like such a hierarchical way, but I mean, it is how it is. Like Jay and I are primary partners and, and she, she's a unicorn and I think she likes it that way in our threesome. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think that it's, hurtful to say like, you know, you're not the couple, you know, like, um, but my point is that was my boundary. And so they weren't pushing any boundaries or doing anything behind my back that I had asked them not to do. But I felt this weird twinge when I saw them come downstairs and I saw them, they, you know, were happy post sexy time glow. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what just happened? And I felt a little bit of like, oh, wait a second. And they were like, well, we were going to come find you, but you were off talking, which (laughs) all of this, it's so funny. Like talking about all of this in hindsight, it's like everything feels like I'm, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, Contradicting myself. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, they were letting me do my thing. Yeah, exactly. Which is your demisexual. <laughs> and I want to do my thing. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm complaining about, you know, not being able to do my thing because my partners need me. <laughs> but then when they go off and let me do my thing, I complain that they let me do it. So it's like, oh, yeah. It's, I'm such a hypocrite. Yeah. It, it was hard. <laughs> it's hard to navigate through how you process this. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's interesting. So, so tell me about, you said that you, you're still processing it. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm surprised that you even, you're still even on this a couple of weeks later. Cause I don't think I could handle that. Like for me, it was like the next day, mm-hmm. you know, or within 12 hours of departing from each other that I spoke to each of them, spoke to each of them. And I felt so much better. So it was like two or three days of anxious, turmoil on the inside that nobody could tell was happening. I looked cool on the outside. I acted normal. Nobody could tell because I asked both of them if they could feel my shift in energy. And they had said they had no idea. But in in my mind, I was I was extremely anxious. I started to become paranoid that they were going off and playing behind my back. They were looking for experiences without me. I felt like I was in the way. They needed to have their time together. They only see each other a couple times a year because she lives in a different country. I need to like back off a little bit. My energy shifts their energy and I should I should step away. So every time I entered a room, I was like, what are they doing? Are they alone? Are they together? I started to become paranoid that they were having experiences and looking for that without me. And it was a complete story in my mind that wasn't true. Well, can I ask you what you did when you would walk into a room and see them together? 
I didn't make it obvious. I would just look at them and just kind of observe where they were and what they were doing. And then I would say like, oh, they're fine. They're just, they're just hanging out or they weren't even together or touching or near each other. So I was continually confirmed that no, nothing else is happening behind your back. You're cool. Like they didn't go off and play all these different times. Like nothing was happening. So that was one thing that was reassuring to me is that it wasn't the case. It wasn't playing out that way, but I couldn't, Oh, here I'm coming back to why I brought this up is I can't believe you spent these couple weeks reviewing oh. this information because I would have probably drove myself nuts after two or three days. Well, yes. Unfortunately, I've had a crazy couple of weeks of work. So I I literally did not have the time to talk to Holly and squash this. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we were able to, we did. And as suspected, we're great. And there's so much love there. But I think that what I'm still holding on to is guilt Mm. and shame um, for feeling these ways. Do you feel any kind of shame? No. And I think I come back to what Em and I always say is you don't know how you're going to feel until you experience it. And you don't always know why you feel the way that you feel. And it's okay to have feelings. But what we have come to understand is you just got to talk about it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Because what ha- what I've noticed in my moral of the story thing kind of is, is that I created these stories. I was looking for situations as the days were going on when I was triggered. I was looking for things to confirm my story because I wanted it to be true and I was holding it to be true. And then once I spoke to them, it was like every story shattered instantly. The the weight flew off my chest and I was like, oh, I get it. Once I spoke to Slotlana about it, I said, you know, you guys look like the couple, you guys are always cuddling, you're together, blah, blah, blah. And, And she said to me, being in these lifestyle situations, I don't have a primary partner. And M is one of the few males in my life who is very important to me, makes me feel safe, makes me feel loved, and is a best friend to me. Like you are my female best friend. He is my male best friend. And their personalities are very similar. So she soaks it up when they're together. And I get that because we do live in different countries. So she was like, I'm sorry that you you felt that way. I had no idea, but know that you can always talk to us. I'm sorry if I was selfish in what I was looking for when everybody else was with their partners and I didn't have one, I would gravitate towards him. Like know that we're, you can always talk to us and everything's fine. And so- I'm sure she also meant like, you can always join us too. Like if you walk into a room and we're sitting on the couch together, it's not like we're trying to have a private moment without you all the time. It's like, yes, come on over. The more, the merrier with the three of us, like, please join. Yes. A hundred percent. That's what they both said separately. Them having not talked, talked about the situation when I individually spoke to them, one on through text message and literally the next one, a minute later, who's in person with me, they both said ex- the, basically the exact same thing. And I was like, wow, I created this ridiculous story in my head. That was not mm-hmm. true. And if I had just mentioned it in the moment, it's fine. Like we could just talk about it and move on. And one thing that I said to you in text message, which I think is important to understand and another moral of the story is that. When we're triggered and we're feeling what we're feeling and we don't know why we're feeling it, it's still okay to bring it up. You don't have to have all of the answers, but sharing it with someone that you love and care and trust, they may help you process it better and they may help you figure it out or 
ease whatever it is that you're going through. And so don't go through this stuff alone. Do it with somebody that you care with and trust. So that was what I've learned. And I love that. And I'll add to that two things. Number one, I know you had a, a similar conversation with Slutlana and M that I did with Holly. Basically, if you had brought these things that you hadn't fully been able to articulate, but you were working through it, if you had just said something in the moment, been like, hmm, I don't know what I'm feeling here. It's kind of weird. It would have been squashed right then and there. Mm-hmm. And like Holly said the same thing, basically, you know, she wouldn't have come over to me and and tried to reconnect after all these sexual experiences if she had known that like it felt, you know, like like I didn't need that. Mm-hmm. You know, she I think we were both just assuming things about each other. Mm-hmm. Me in a putting up a wall kind of way and her in a reaching out kind of way. And so basically have check-ins daily yeah, regularly, and don't make it intense. It doesn't have to be like, okay, let's sit down and have a check-in. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> hey, we this good? is what we do. Yeah. Like, hey, we good? Anyone having some weird shit coming up? Oh, what's your weird <laughs> shit today? Okay. Let's squash that one. You know, like make yeah. a joke out of it. Like, right. Make it and, cool. Yeah. And we would have been A-okay. Number two, you said finding someone that you trust to be able to talk about this stuff with. So I was processing this the whole weekend and someone said something to me. Actually, I think it was Brandy. I was talking to her about some other heavy stuff going on in the real world. And I perceived that she didn't want to talk about it. And I was like, oh, is this okay? Like, do you, do you not want to talk about this? And she was like, you know, I just don't want to bring down the vibe. Like I'm very happy to talk about it any other time. Like we Mm. can talk about it on the phone, but like while we're here, like let's just fucking have fun. So I loved that. And I really took that away because by all means, if you have to talk about something, like please do. And you know me, I'll have a deep conversation at any point, but if you do have something that's really festering like I was this weekend, have the conversation with one person Mm. and have that be the person and don't go on about it. Don't bring it up to everyone you talk to because it's all you can think about. Like it's just, then it really brings the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think you should talk about the, talk about it with whoever's involved directly so that Mm. it could be, there's no resentment. There's no, There's no issues there because one of my coping strategies with when I get triggered or anxious is I avoid. I'm an avoid person. I'm fine. Everything's cool. I'm good. Let's not talk about it. We're moving on. And then I tend to just avoid the entire situation. But what that does is it further separates me and I feel Mm. more lonely and more disconnected. So it was almost like adding fuel to the fire when I was triggered with M and Slutlana. And so when M asked me, 
Like, why didn't you come up to me? Like, why didn't you talk about it? And I said, number one, I didn't know what I was feeling or why. Number two, I didn't even know what I needed to feel better. So I don't even know what would have come from the conversation. Like, I didn't have a productive solution that I needed for support. And then um, I said, number three, I didn't want you to change your behaviors. I didn't want to change the energy. You guys were doing what you wanted to do. You, you weren't doing anything wrong. She wasn't doing anything wrong. You were just loving on each other, having fun. And I just wanted you to keep doing that. And M said, if I had just known sooner, you know, if I knew that there was something that I could have done differently to make you feel better, like, of course I would have done that. It's okay to be cognizant of somebody else's feelings and change the behavior. And he said, and maybe the behavior wouldn't have even changed at all, but at least you, you, you're heard, you're understood and it's out there and you feel supported. And I said, that's interesting. He said, you're creating a story about you thinking that it would have changed the vibe or it would have changed the way that we were acting. And that's not true. You know, when you were triggered in Jamaica and you talked to, to Slotlana about it, I had no idea because she didn't change her behavior the last couple of days of the trip. I had no idea. And I said, oh my gosh, you're right. Like she didn't change anything. I also asked her not to change anything. Like, please keep doing what you're doing. But still he said, I had no idea. And I was like, oh wow, you're right. Like it didn't, it didn't change anything. I created a story like I was going to affect everything again, you know, like the whole world's about me or something. Like, no. (laughs) Well, it's like once you get it out there and into the world and out of your crazy little head, it's like your perception of it can change. Like you just said before, and it was like an aha moment for me. You said once you talk to them about it, all the stories you said just shattered Mm -hmm. like glass. And so, yeah, their behavior might not change, but you would see it differently once you just got it off your chest. And I feel like that probably would have been true with Holly. Mm -hmm. If I had just gotten it off my chest, I wouldn't have wanted her to change, but I would have seen it differently. Mm -hmm. Or she might have seen me differently and and how i was behaving differently yeah and that confirmation bias is really interesting where you look for clues to back up what you already believe yeah and i think the moment i got that idea in my head of like she needs me oh no that means she's needy every time she came up to me but poor girl had no no chance. Right. Like I- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I, 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 you yeah. instilled the story that you were responsible for her and you had to care for her emotion and nurture that. And it's just, it's interesting. So I think yeah. the, the what, what we're doing now, the three of us moving forward when we are living in the same spaces and sharing a bed and vacationing together for the weekend is we're checking in every day, just like you said, Hey, how's everything going? Super light, make it fun, fears, desires, and boundaries to just kind of like work this again. I think this happened to me twice and I've definitely learned my lesson that as soon as I feel something, I'm absolutely going to say something to each of them and just kind of just say like, Hey, like I'm feeling a little something, let's talk about it. Or I don't know why. I think it's funny. We always talk about fears, desires, and boundaries. And whenever we do it, we never regret it. But when, when sometimes we're like, Oh, we don't need that because we get kind of like comfortable and complacent. Like we've, we've partied with the same people so many times. It's like, ah, we don't need to do fears, desires, boundaries right now. You know what I mean? Mm. We 
sometimes end up regretting it when we don't do it. Yeah, it's and, true. And I think that could be the same thing with these check-ins. It's like, oh, we don't need a check-in. Everyone's fine. But just having that check-in there. It just creates a space to let you speak about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because maybe most often there won't be anything to bring up. Mm-hmm. But if there is something to bring up, if you didn't have the regular check-in kind of like quote unquote scheduled or part of your routine, then it feels heavier than it possibly would be. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It it just creates an easier space for it to come out and to be discussed. Yeah. So something else interesting that Holly and I spoke about was introducing her to the Joy family felt almost heavier than it needed to be because in that context, her coming as our third, it it made it seem heavier than we actually are in real life because she's not actually our girlfriend. She's just just she she is a great friend, um, one of my best friends in New York. And and I would say Jay's too. Like we have a really great dynamic and relationship. And we have a little group that we hang out with all of us. And just the three of us have our sexual connection, maybe like once every one or two months. But then we just like party and have like group sex and stuff the other times. And so when we're here in New York, you know, it's very clear that I'm not beholden to her. She's not, except for in the way that you are to a friend. Like I love her and I care about her and I want to be there for her. Mm -hmm. But I put all this like heavy weight on it because it's like, oh, she's our third. It's like she was like our girlfriend that we were bringing almost. And that was – Incorrect. It was another story I was making up in my head. Yeah, and that, and honestly, that's what it felt like when you said you were bringing her. It felt like your third when you when it was coming up in discussion or just chats and stuff. So it almost as if like there is that emotional responsibility when you have a third. If that, I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. It feels different than it was just a friend. Like, oh hey, friend, cool, mm-hmm. just here hanging out with us. It's a little lighter. Maybe I should have. Well, hindsight, I guess moving forward, when, if we bring her again, if we bring another third again, I'd like to say, yeah, this is our friend. Right. Because as I was working through things in my head, I think another reason why I didn't want to bring it up to her that weekend was because I was aware as I was working through it that I was in the wrong kind of like this was my own shit Mm -hmm. and it was not her. So until I could figure out where the fuck it was coming from, I didn't want to say anything to her, but that was not helpful. So yeah, I had the, I had the same issue. I didn't know why I felt that way. I didn't know what I needed to feel better. So why am I going to bring this up? What's the point? Where, what is even going to come of this? But and now we know. Yeah. It's <laughs> worse. Good. <laughs> yeah. It's worse if you don't handle it. It's good if you talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So what now, uh, going through this, what would you change or, you know? So call her a friend, which is what she is, a great friend. Her or someone else if you bring a different third. Or someone else. Right. Yeah. And because also I was thinking, is it that I didn't want 
like her there? And no, I I was running through scenarios in my head and I'm like, no, I love her being here. I love her doing her thing. It brings me so much joy seeing her, you know, doing her thing in the sexy situations. I just put this weight on it that I was beholden to her. And so I wanted her there as our friend, a unicorn, possibly not necessarily in a different room, but maybe in a different bed, like three to a bed still is not my fave. We were able to sleep, (laughs) which was very shocking to me. As we were driving to the the shore and we were doing Fierce Desires Boundaries, I was like, my biggest fear this weekend is that I won't be able to sleep because there are three (laughs) of us in the bed. (laughs) But luckily it was a California king, so we were fine. But you know, it it felt coming back to a bed. I think that's where Jay and I always come back to. It's like our little safe space to come home to and reconnect and cuddle at night and spoon and stuff. And I think I wasn't able to articulate that mm-hmm. until maybe even just this moment. But yeah, it's nice to have the bed be our bed, me and Jay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100% makes so much sense. Yeah. And again, not her fault and nothing she did. Yeah. Just hindsight. But remind me, this is the first time that you brought a friend with you on a weekend. And then also, so that was first number one. And then first number two is you shared a bed. Correct. Same room and everything. So there's a lot of firsts for you. So of course- like now that you've been through it, you've yeah. experienced, you're like, nah, not for me. Or I enjoyed it. I had a great time. I actually was able to sleep, but not what is good for what I need in connecting with my partner and feeling, you know, making sure I'm meeting my needs and my primary partner's needs and everything. Well, what's interesting now too is having talked through all this, both with you, with Jay, with Holly, like, I wonder if we could do this again and just bringing awareness into it and being like, okay, this was difficult for V last time. So what's, what are we going to do differently? What are we going to make sure we do? Yeah. Uh, et cetera. Yep. So maybe I could handle it again, but then why put myself in a situation that I don't necessarily have to? You know, yeah, so. yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that when the moment comes up and, and the situation arises again, you'll know what to do. I think you have a lot more clarity now to decide whether you would share a bed again or not. Um, I mean, I know that for Slatlana and I, um, I saw her at Hedonism in March, and then we had another trip in April where I was seeing her. And I remember that before we left for that trip, she reached out to me directly, and we talked about this on the podcast with her. It was she said, Hey, like, are you okay? Is there anything you want to talk about going into this weekend? And her and I had a conversation. And I was like, Nope, I'm fine. Everything's good. We went through the weekend and everything was fine. It was great. Like no problems at all. Shared a, shared a room, didn't share, but we shared a bunk bed. So we weren't necessarily all together, but, and that might've been the difference too, is that I did have that cuddle time with my one partner, you know, yeah. sharing him at night or in the morning when you're cozying up. So but we went through that weekend fine that maybe the assumption fell over us that everything's cool. We're good. I, th- I thought everything was fine. And then it wasn't until we were in Nicaragua again. That was the third time that I had seen them that I was that I was triggered. And we didn't do a check-in. We didn't talk about it. We didn't 
have that on the forefront because it had been at this point four or five months ago that I was triggered, you know? So Mm -hmm. it was almost like everything is cool. So I didn't expect it. I was surprised by it. So, but again, doing this for eight years and this is all new, you know? There's still new stuff. Yeah. So uh, never, like you said, it is no one ever regrets doing fears, desires, and boundaries and and doing the check-ins. So I think the other thing about this is you have a rhythm with your primary partner, right? And you, you've been through the shit. So you know how to communicate with each other. Not that new things won't come up, but in these situations, like the joy parties, like Jay and I, we've been through difficult situations. And so we now have a shorthand, right? This was new territory. And so we need to develop a shorthand. And so that's why, again, Holly and I just kind of came to the conclusion. This is like a little bit of like growing pains. It's the first time we've introduced her to a big group of friends. It's the first time we've introduced any of our lovers to a big group of friends. So it was really special to us. And I do have really fun, special moments that we all had together and private conversations that I had with her that I was glad she took me away for, you know? Mm -hmm. And so all of this, it's all part of the growth and part of the journey. Yeah. But we, we, I mean, like you and I talking about this, I mean, like you said, there's got to be other people that have experienced something similar to this or like this. So I'm glad that we talked about it and and recorded this because I feel like this is yeah. important to share. You know, you don't always have it figure it out. You're always going to be surprised and it comes back down to that communication always and and just being honest even if you don't know all the answers in the moment, just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks for talking about this. Yeah. I feel like I want to go call Holly right now and just be like <laughs> We recorded. I love you. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm glad you brought her. I think she fit right in. Her sexual energy is is so interesting because at that weekend, the first night, I don't think anybody really played the first night. You know, thinking back on it, everyone was just still adjusting and arriving at different times and catching. Except up. for Jay and Holly, who stole away while I was talking to people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting because Ho- Holly came up to me that night and she was like, "Oh, she's like, I feel like a little like overly sexual, like, you know, like." you know, I don't know what to do here. And I was like, oh my gosh, you sound like me. (laughs) I'm like, you and I have this, like, she's very sexual in that way. And she felt like she was toning it down. I was like, yeah, like I, I have a tendency to tone it down too sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. We knew that you, her and Nadia were just going to be, you know, peas in a pod as you were. And you (laughs) ended up having a threesome and then making it a whatever sum. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. So yeah. but I think she had a great time and I think everyone enjoyed her company. Yeah, yeah. She did. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, when I spoke to her about this, she just said, <laughs> she was like, is it hard for you coming back to the real world and adjusting to the real world after these weekends? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it gets easier each time. But yeah, because it's just such a little oasis of joy, you yes. know? Yes. And it's it's really wonderful. And she just said every sexual experience she had was just so 
present and mindful. Mm. And I was like, you're right. Like everybody, I think that's one of the reasons why I just love physically loving people in this group is because it does just feel so like people are in it and almost like doing sex as a hobby yeah. because like we're being exploratory and having fun and we're just like, you know, okay, it's time to play. Yeah. I I love that you brought that up because that is a really interesting thing that I, I feel to the presence that our group has when we do play with each other and the experiences that we have. Because I've been in you know, hedonism or other group situations and other orgies. And sometimes it feels like maybe someone starts to look around the room or they're being distracted or they're not in it. And it's nice to have these very connecting experiences with these, with these people. So I'm glad she felt that energy too. Or it can be very male orgasm focused. I think that our group really seeks to provide pleasure in general mm. for all sexes, but the end goal isn't always just come, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's not always just about the come, it's about the experience, the journey. So that feels very present and mindful. Yeah, know? yeah. So maybe we'll have her on sometime to share some of her fun experiences. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> she got it. She had a lot of She hookups. got after it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so thanks good. for helping me process. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Do you have any final comments? Any like anything you want to end on? Communicate fears, desires, boundaries. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And I love Holly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we love you, girl. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> any final any final things for you? I mean, for me. Sorry, I should reciprocate that question. No, I mean, for me, <laughs> communication, obviously, speaking up when it happens, and then realizing that the world is not all about me. And it was one thing I <sighs> learned was that when I was going through this and I shared what I was going through with these people who love me, they were like, oh. Why didn't you tell me? I'm so sorry. And then they felt guilty and bad. And I was like, no, why are you feeling bad? No, that's not, no. <laughs> you, yeah. So you realize that this is, everyone's involved and just, you have to think of everybody in the situation and just talk about it. So <laughs> uh, the stories that we tell ourselves so often come from thinking that the world revolves around us yeah, right, or yeah. thinking everything is about us when so rarely is it actually about us. Yeah, it's so true. And I wonder like where this stems from, I guess, is this ego? Is this like what, what drives... I have to look this up, but I read um, by, oh, fuck, I'm going to butcher this. The Four Agreements by, is it Carl Ruiz Zafron or something like that? Mm, I've heard um, of this book. But it's The Four Agreements. It's It changed my life when I read it, but clearly I have to reread it because <laughs> I'm going to butcher this one. But one of the agreements, he talks about how it's not all about you and the world doesn't revolve around you. And once you realize that you'll be so much more at peace and that actually, holy shit, I am having an aha moment. That was about, so this was when <laughs> I was in Rome and I was experiencing a lot of jealousy over a friendship. And there were three of us in the friendship 
And two of them were getting closer and closer. And I kept thinking that because they were getting closer, I was less special to them. Mm. And it's just like a, a threesome, but platonic. Hello. <laughs> and and as soon as I realized, oh, wait, they have their own relationship. It has nothing to do with how they feel or don't feel about me. Mm. Oh, it released so much. It shattered the story, story. that I was telling yeah. myself. Ah. And I I felt so much peace around them. And I was able to look at them when they had a conversation, you know, at the bar without me and not feel like, oh, are they talking about me and how they don't want to be friends with me anymore? Ah. Instead, I was feeling, oh my God, I love them. And I'm so happy that they love each other and compersion. Yep. Mm -hmm. Totally shifts the, the, the perception. Oh my gosh. That's a Ugh. beautiful connection. So while you were chatting, I pulled it up and the four agreements are just because, you know, I have to, I had to look it up. Uh, yeah. Number one is be impeccable with your word. Number two, don't take anything personally. Mm -hmm. That's what you were pretty much touching on. Yes. Uh, number three, don't make assumptions, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is the moral of today's podcast. Yeah. And number four is always do your best. So, oh, th that's a big one for me too. Whenever I set an intention before a yoga class, I'm like, just do my best. If my best is child's pose in this moment, that's fucking fine. <laughs> You're getting it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Oh my God. I'm so glad this came back around to the four agreements. Uh, All right. Next on the list. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, if you have anything that you want to add to this, please message us, girlsgonedeep at gmail.com. Our podcast, uh, I'm sorry, our Instagram recently changed. Can you come in on that, V? Girls Gone Deep pod. All right. There it is. Is it? <laughs> is it? Did you post anything on it yet? Is it up and running? Yeah. There's a couple of posts. I want to start doing polls. Um I will be very honest with our audience. Instagram is a love-hate relationship mm. for me. Mm -hmm. It's um, I, I do find that my mental health is not as good when I am on it. Um, but I do want to stay engaged with the community. So yeah. Um, if you ever see that we're kind of like quiet on Instagram, it's because I'm taking a break from my mental health. <laughs> yeah. So V runs our, our Instagram and I have to be honest, I'm, I feel the same way. Like the other day I was scrolling on Instagram and just kind of just getting lost in the reels. And I just felt like empty. Like I can't describe the word, but just dissatisfied with what I was doing with my time. Like I almost like came, had like an out of body experience and looked down at myself. And meanwhile- You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And meanwhile, like I'm not getting any educational information. It's not like anything that's helping me thrive in any way or feel good. And all these like past two weeks, I've been saying like, man, I really want to play piano. I really want to get back to like my hobby and like really enrich myself with something that makes me feel good. And I remember just being disgusted and I put my photo away and I was like, ugh, like I'm just a mush pile on this couch with the screen. And I'm like, I'm done. And like, so today before the podcast, I actually played piano a little bit instead of scrolling on Instagram and all of that. So mm -hmm. I can resonate with you. I'm sorry that you do most of the, most of the Instagram. No, no. 
You've got your hustles, girl. Yeah. So. I've got three different yeah. businesses. And yeah. <laughs> things are going on, so I can't manage another account. But um, anyway, so check us out, guys. We're happy to be engaged with you there. So check out our polls when they're up and uh, know that you can always find us here every week, though. So <laughs> We love, love, love continuing the conversation. Yeah. So. Um, all right. And thank you to our, our sponsors, Horrible Life, which is the card game of Have You Ever, All Things Sex and Kink. We just got 100 decks in, so I'm excited to get Woo! that rolling. Yeah, I'm going to check to see if we can get up on Amazon and uh, start getting to some store fronts. That's why I ordered so many. Love that. Um, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. I'm Elle. And I'm V. And <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Mwah.